Welcome to the Thriving Faith Podcast, where we believe the Bible is true in its entirety and are here to equip Christians with biblical insights to live a Christ-like life. We inspire you to flourish in every area of your life, mind, body, and soul, to grow in the Word and closer to God, no matter what season you're in. Go ahead and listen in to embark on this life-changing journey to thrive as a Christian. Welcome back. This is day 30 of the Proverb a Day Challenge. We are literally left with one more proverb. Welcome back, welcome back. And today I'm reading from Proverbs chapter 30 and in the New King James Version. And it says, The words of Agur, the son of Jokur, his utterance. The man declared to Ethel, to Ethel and Ukal. Surely I am more stupid than any man, and do not have the understanding of a man. I neither learned wisdom nor have knowledge of the Holy One. Who has ascended into heaven or descended? Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Who has bound the waters in the garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? Who is his name and what is his son's name? If you know, every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him and do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. Two things I request of you. Deprive me not before I die. Remove falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me food. Feed me with the food allotted to me, lest I be full and deny you, and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal, and profane the name of my God. Do not malign a servant to his master, lest he curse you and you be found guilty. There is a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. There is a generation that is pure in its own eyes, yet is not washed from its filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth are like swords, and whose fangs are like knives, to devour the poor of the earth, and the needy from among them, from among men. The leech has two daughters, give and give. There are three things that are never satisfied, four never say enough. The grave, the barren womb, the earth that is not satisfied with water, and the fire never says enough. The eye that mocks his father and scorns obedience to his mother, the ravens of the valley will pick it out, and the young eagles will eat it. There are three things which are too wonderful for me, yes, four which I do not understand. The way of an eagle in the air, the way of a serpent on a rock, the way of a sheep in the midst of the sea, and the way of a man with a virgin. This is the way of an adulterous woman. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I have done no wickedness. For three things the earth is perturbed. Yes, for four it cannot bear. For a servant when he reigns, a fool when is filled with food, a hateful woman when she's married, and a maid servant who succeeds her mistress. There are four things which are little on the earth, but are exceedingly wise. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their food in the summer. The rock badgers are feeble folk, yet they make their homes in the crab in the crags. The locusts have no king, yet they all advance in ranks. The spider skillfully grasps with its hands. And its 
and it is in king's palaces. There are three things which are majestic in peace. Yes, four which are stately in work. A lion which is mighty among beasts and does not turn away from any. A greyhound, a male goat also, and a king whose troops are with him. If you have been foolish in exalting yourself, or if you have devised evil, put your hand in your mouth. For as the churning of meal produces butter, and wriggling the nose produces blood, so the forcing of wrath produces strife. Wow. I feel like there's a lot of reviews. There's a lot of um, prophecy in this book and it kind of like feels like a poem that will eventually come to pass or that it is coming to pass because some of the verses we are leaving to date and I love verse one and it's it is a proverb called the prophecy and thus there is acknowledgement that they, it is inspired by God speaking through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit so this whole proverb is a prophecy and it says, the words of Agur, the son of Jacob, his utterance, the man declared to Ethel, to Ethel and Yukal. Wow, I love it. I love it. I feel like it is heavy. It is heavy on being stupid, on how the generation, that there is a generation that literally is living under scene. And also there's bits and pieces of kind of poetic sayings, poetic wise sayings, if I can say that. And let's read Vastful. It really, really stands out for me. It says, who has ascended into heaven or descended? It is a question. Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Who has bound the waters in, in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name and what is his son's name if you know so it's kind of um a question poem if that even exists that kind of juggles your brain to think of oh wow who came from heaven and went back into heaven and who gathered the wind who is holding all the wind right if you've ever asked yourself those questions who is holding on the waters to know that the water has to stop here like a big ocean like the Pacific, that the water stops here. Like the Indian Ocean, that the water stops here. Who made that or who is holding that? And what is the name of his son? And I love how he, it is the Old Testament, but it is also acknowledging Jesus being the son of God. And what a fascinating refers to the son of God. The personal name of God is Yahweh. And... I'm going to take you a bit of theology a little bit. So Yahweh has is spelled as Y-A-H-W-E-H. But in the initial description, even in the initial Hebrew writing, it is Y-H-W-H. So it doesn't have um, A-R-N-E, I think, uh, vowels, right? It doesn't have the vowels in it, the initial saying. So it's it means breath. Like it is the sound that you make when you breathe. Yeah. Kind of. I'm trying to imitate it for Christ's sake, just so you can know what I'm trying to say. But 
that is the name of God. So whenever you breathe in, whenever you breathe out, you're acknowledging breath in your lungs given to you by God. And now I don't want to confuse you if this is all new to you. I am really sorry, but I am really fascinated by such things. I'm fascinated by apologetics. I am fascinated by theology. Like those things make my blood boil. Like they get me going. And Yahweh is the name of God, which means I am. You remember when Moses asked him if they asked me, Oh, when he asked, when Moses asked God in the burning bush, like, who is this? It is I am. So it is very, very beautiful to see that, you know, the manifestation, the reverence of God early on. And we also know his son's name, Jesus, which is Yeshua, right? So I'm trying, to, I'm hoping I'm not really confusing anyone, but... It is Yeshua, which means Yahweh is salvation. Now, remember God's name. God is a title. So let me break this down. You've heard the names of God in the Bible. God the provider, God the healer. God is the title of someone supreme. But God's actual name is Yahweh, which is I am. And Jesus, which is Yeshua, which means Yahweh is salvation. So I hope you're connecting the whole dot. God is a title, but God's own name is Yahweh, which means I am. And Jesus, which is Yeshua, is and means Yahweh is salvation. So Jesus himself is God for salvation. I hope that that breaks down everything. And if I'm confusing you, please, you can reach me out on Instagram, Imelda Anunziata. I am more than happy to break down this for you if it is really confusing. Or if you have someone trusted spiritually and you're close with them, please ask for them to clarify this or break it down for you to understand. And I hope I'm not confusing anyone. And Jesus identified himself as God in many places. We have seen him say, he who has seen me has seen the Father in John 14, 9. So, seeing the Trinity reveal himself earlier on, even in the Old Testament, here in verse 4, is very, very amazing and humbling. And the other verse that stands out for me is verse 6. And it says, do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. And that those are the people we call false prophets because they are adding unto God's words. They are saying things that are not in the Bible. And the revelation of God is complete. We do not have to add to it. According to Revelation 22, 19. Don't add or take away from the word of God. Just seek to understand it. And if you don't understand it, seek the Holy Spirit to help you understand it. He will never let you. Down. He will show you what that means, or you can seek wise counsel that you trust is walking with the Lord and that will guide you. Do not add or take away from the word of God. So that comes in and really is a reminder, really. And the next one is showing or revealing more of people's toxic behavior, which is verse 15. And it says, the leech has two daughters, give and give. And I don't know if any of you have seen a leech. I've never seen it physically, but I've seen TV shows where a leech, you know, latched onto someone. And 
we're seeing here that, you know, a leech just takes and takes and takes. So for it, all it does is you have to give it, give it, give it, give it because it sucks your blood. You know, it's just holding onto you. And it's really, I've heard, it is really hard to take off a leech. It is hard to pull it off. So now let's put it into human perspective of living with toxic people, all they want from you. Or from when you have a narcissist in your life, they all they do is take, 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 take. And we're doing this book in our marriage cell that talks about the giver and the taker, how each spouse has a certain level of giving and taking, which helps fill or drain the other person's love bank. And it really shows that in each of us, we have a taker because that's our flesh. We usually want to be the ones who receive, we receive and take from other people. But we forget that we always have to give, 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 give. And here the leech is the same. It takes, takes, takes. It's telling you, give me, give me, give me, give me. The same with toxic people in your life. Like all they do is take away your joy, take away your money. And this goes even in our African setting, our Ugandan setting of everyone is asking for money. You're giving, 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 giving. The Bible is telling you that the leech has two daughters. So what do you do in that scenario? Take of the leech and grow a healthy boundary around it. So I just hope, I just really wanted to throw that in there also. And also I see uh, verse 15 continues to the lower segment and goes into verse 16. And it says, there are three things that are never satisfied. Four, never say enough. The three things that are never satisfied are the grave, the barren womb, and the earth is never satisfied with water, right? And then the one thing that never says enough is fire. And when I read this, I was like, oh, wow, it makes sense. A fire doesn't stop unless it meets either water or you just literally have to extinguish it and put it out. And for the three things that are never satisfied, when you pour water on the ground, it definitely disappears in there because the earth is never satisfied with water. And a barren womb, I cannot imagine being barren because it feels like you always have to keep trying and trying and trying. And I speak this from a point of view that I have experienced trying to conceive. We tried to conceive for our first one for one and a half years after we got married. And it was, the I think, one of my hardest times ever one of my hardest times ever. I dreaded each day. I dreaded seeing my, you know, psycho calendar tell me, oh, your period is two days away. And you're thinking, is this the time I be pregnant? Or this is the time I cry myself in the shower just because my period came. And it was really hard. So I can see how that you feel like you're never satisfied. And the other thing that says is never satisfied is the grave and i've had this saying you know how you kind of read the bible and you think oh wow okay then this one time it has really hit me because i've had this saying in my local language in my native language in uganda where there's a sale where there's a saying that the grave is never satisfied so it's good to see that the bible is also acknowledging that i think my locals or my people who say that realize that it came from the bible but yeah it feels like there's always someone dying so the grave is never satisfied and honestly 
it is very, very humbling to see that, you know, these are wise sayings and poems, but they're also the reality of our lives. And the next verse is it stood up for me, a verse 25 to 29. And I kind of don't want to read all of them, but I'm just going to read them. The ants are, poor, are people not strong, yet they prepare their food in the summer. The rock daggers are a feeble flock, yet they make their homes in the cradles. The locusts have no king, yet they all advance in ranks. The spider skillfully grasps with its hands and in its king's palaces. There are three things which are majestic in peace, yes, four which are steadily in walk. And from verse 25, it's mentioning like the four creatures, how they manifest great wisdom. And how do these four little creatures manifest great wisdom? The little ants gather the food in summer, knowing they cannot forage food in the winter. And what can we learn from that is work ethic. Uh, my mother-in-law has a saying that you gotta, you got to keep a saving to prepare for a rainy day. you got to have a rainy chick, kind of. So we can see from ants, they have work ethic to know that in the winter there is no food, so i got to gather all my food in the summer. What can we learn from that? Be prepared, beware of the bad days, and also have work ethic that you're the one that people can rely on even in hardship. And the other one is the rock badgers, recognizing their own feebleness. They take shelter in crags which are stronger. And what can we learn from that? We must take shelter in the rock, which is Jesus Christ. Because doing it on our own, we're definitely going to fail. We're going to fail because our flesh is weak. But in Christ, we gain strength and we can do everything through him. And the locust shows wisdom in his cooperative efforts. By himself, he can do no harm. When you see a locust just go by its way, it's not scary, right? But in the but when there are many, it can be devastating. You remember the plague of the locusts in um, in Egypt? It is devastating. And what can we learn from that? Unity. We need to be unified as Christians to defeat this world and also conquer the ways of the enemy. We need to be united in our homes to raise godly children against the odds of the world. We need to be united to stand together than be divided just because we go to different churches or we listen to different pastors or we are not gifted the same way. We need to be united. Like what Paul says, it, I think it is Paul, that we are all branches and we are for a purpose, right? Imagine if you didn't have eyes. He was talking about body parts. I think it's in First Corinthians, if I remember well, how all the body parts have to play a part to stay united. So we need to be unified as the body of Christ. And the spider or a lizard or a gecko, they hold onto a pane of a glass and event mansions and king's palaces. And what we can learn from that is we need to hold on to the promises of God. And one day we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that amazing? Like if I have done this before when I was struggling mentally, I used to read one promise of God every day. And I wouldn't say in the first week it felt magical. <laughs> no, because if you're in the pits of mental health, 
you feel like nothing is really pulling you out of that. You just want to escape the pain. And I read it until it started coming to life in me. I started viewing myself the way God views me. So if you can do that, hold on to the promises of God daily. And finally, one day we shall dwell in the house of the Lord. Isn't that exciting? And the other verse that stood up for me is verse 32. It says, if you have been foolish and exalting yourself, or if you have devised evil, put your hand on your mouth. And that goes back to how we've been coming, uh, coming learning about taming your tongue, where James is also telling us to tame our tongues, not to exalt ourselves, but, you know, speak good of the other people and less of us. And it's very humbling because I feel like we sometimes do this. We get too comfortable with people, you know, in our small circles that we entirely shift maybe a conversation and just be sharing about my day. I did this, I did that, and, and, and then you go on and go on and go on and don't realize, oh, I didn't even let you speak. So this is such a great reminder. And I hope you've enjoyed this. And also the other verses, it's more like a poem verse. Uh, from verse 11 to verse 14, talks about a generation that curses the father, does not bless the mother, that is pure in his own eyes and washed from its filthiness and is not washed from its filthiness, a generation lofty in their eyes. It, it feels like we're living in this generation. It feels like it's a generation we're in where even filth, like the filthy behavior is seen as good and everyone is, you know, cursing around. They And here the Bible is saying in verse 14, there's a generation whose teeth are like swords and whose fangs are like knives. They devour the, the poor from off the earth and the needy from among people. Wouldn't you attest we're living in the times <laughs> where this is happening? So that's what I had today. This was a pretty long one. But I hope you enjoyed it, picked out what you had to learn to turn away from toxic people and to be even the toxic people, but also be content and be loving and trust in the Lord. And hope to see you tomorrow so we can finish off this proverb day challenge strong and grown in knowledge, wisdom and understanding of the Lord. Hope to see you tomorrow.